Welcome to the Perimenopausal Mamas Podcast for hormonal mamas who want to reclaim their own natural state of health to thrive and raise healthy kids. I'm Dr. Lisa Weeks, naturopathic doctor in Toronto, Canada. I'm a perimenopausal mama to my toddler named Stuart. And I'm Dr. Tony Reed. I'm a naturopathic doctor, birth doula, and hypnobirthing educator in Calgary, Alberta. And I'm a perimenopausal mama to my little girl, Frankie. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not meant to substitute professional medical advice. Always consult with your licensed healthcare provider. Welcome back, everyone, to the Perimenopausal Mamas podcast. It's Dr. Lisa here today, and I have a guest, Maya Barhar-Castle. She's otherwise known as at Breathing with Maya on Instagram. I'm excited to chat with her today about breathwork for ourselves as mamas and for our little ones, because we know it's such a great reset for our nervous system. And how many of us out there have those minds that are just racing, that monkey mind jumping from one thing to the next, just multitasking. So first I'll introduce Maya and then we're going to jump in. So Maya Bahar Castle, otherwise known as at Breathing with Maya on Instagram, is a certified breathwork coach and homeschooling mama. Prior to leaning into motherhood and breathwork practices, she enjoyed more than a decade-long career in ed tech. She's honored to guide journeyers through down-regulating forms of breathwork that bring awareness back into one's body, still the mind, connect to intention, and restore the nervous system. She works with moms and children in Toronto, and when she has a spare moment, you'll find her writing away. Welcome, Maya. Oh, thank you so much, Lisa. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we actually met each other at Othership, that unique, you know, social bathhouse in Toronto. And once I found out what you did, I knew I had to have you on. So it's been a little time in the making, but I'm so glad you were able to um, join us today. Because I think you actually do your voices recorded for the Othership Breathwork app. Is that correct? It is. Yes. Um, There's actually um, one of the sessions on the app that I had um, the joy of recording is about um, supporting ourselves during our menstrual cycle. Oh, great. So we'll have to share information on that and we can share how people can um, get that Othership app, which is, you know, such a great space in Toronto, the actual bathhouse. And then the app is great for different types of breath work, whether you want to be, you know, energized and to support productivity, you know, with that afternoon slump or to downregulate and calm your nervous system or work with your hormones. So I definitely want to check that out. And then before we jump into the topic, I'm, I'm interested just to hear a little bit about the home homeschooling piece? How old's your son and how long have you been homeschooling for and what's that like? Sure. Yes. Um, He is almost nine. Uh, We'll be nine at the end of the summer. And um, homeschooling has been something that has really called to us for a really long time. And we finally heeded that, that pull and you know, made the leap about three months ago. And it's been really incredible and really liberating um, when we've been able to reframe school as life, as the world. The world is our curriculum. Life is the curriculum. 
And it's been fantastic because it's given us this opportunity to really follow the curiosity of my child. He happens to be tremendously passionate about a variety of subjects that sometimes he wanted to go more deeply into than a typical school day could allow. And so we are doing what I guess is called um, eclectic homeschooling, where we're following the curriculum in certain subjects, but I'm really taking his lead and following his passions and interests in other ways. And uh, it's been amazing. It's been truly a gift. I feel very, very, very blessed to be able to spend this time together. And I'm learning a lot myself. I love that. Yeah, more and more mamas are doing that, I'm finding. So I just was curious to pick your brain. We'll have to have a conversation another time about that too. But thank you for sharing. And then it sounds like you've had an interesting background. So how did you get to where you are now with being a breathwork guide? And how does breathwork help you in your daily life? Mm-hmm. Oh, it, it is the anchor. It is the anchor. Um, so I think, you know, when you asked me this question initially, uh, Lisa, when you were kind enough to send it, I thought, well, I think for so many of us in the world of supporting others to connect back to their their body and to develop a mindfulness practice. So many of us, I find, became the teachers that we needed at a certain season in our life. And that was certainly the case for me because when my son was born, I very unexpectedly uh, and almost immediately uh, experienced very severe postpartum anxiety. And I had heard about postpartum depression I had not heard about postpartum anxiety and I was engulfed by a tidal wave of, of emotion. And I found that I was unable to sleep. I was unable to make decisions from a place of equanimity and clarity. And prior to, um, to giving birth, I had always leaned into my yoga practice. Ashtanga and Kundalini had been anchors for me since my early 20s. When my son was born, I also wasn't quite ready to return to the physicality of those practices. So I started to search for breath work that I could do within the context of my day with my son as we were trying to develop a breastfeeding relationship as my body was shifting post-birth, as I was trying to figure out how to really calm my own nervous system. And I came across uh, the work of Yoga Rupa Rod Stryker, who has an app called Sanctuary. And I draw on it occasionally to this day. He has a section there. It's Yoga Nidra, which he has breath work for deep sleep. I started to practice. He suggests taking one at practice or sadhana for 40 days. And I leaned into that suggestion and I did one of his sleep uh, breath works for 40 days. And it was completely transformative. Um, 
And that was the beginning of the journey. And from there, I went on to deep study to figure out, okay, this has been greatly supportive and healing to me in returning my own nervous system to a state of equilibrium. How can I support others in doing the same? I love that. I think so many women, myself included, have suffered through postpartum anxiety. You know, I didn't have postpartum depression, but I know some people have that and they're not really aware. They just think it's a phase, you know, it's just normal because of all the changes that they've gone through. And and it's good for them to hear. I'm sure that there's lots of tools out there, breathwork being a major one that you can practice on that regular basis. That's amazing. You did that for 40 days in a row and um, we can actually shift our nervous system and even just our automatic thoughts as well. So that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing. And I'm not sure if many listeners have heard the term equanimity because I know before I started meditating and delving into the practice, I wasn't really aware of that term. Can you explain what that is? And it's hard to have equanimity as a, as a parent, right? (laughs) Oh my, is it ever? Is it ever? Um, absolutely. I, I think, um, I mean, for me, um, it means um, finding or sort of dipping in as often as I can to that witness consciousness that is, you know, some will say it's beyond thought, some will say it's pre-verbal, but it's the watcher, the witness, um, who And from there, from our highest, being able to respond to life rather than react. And so often in the pell-mell pace of city life or modern life, we are reacting as opposed to responding. I think when we can ground ourselves and access our highest and that place of neutrality, we have a greater chance of responding to a situation in a, in a way that adds to it, um, that is creative, that can be a resolution to a problem rather than feeding a problem. That's a great description. (laughs) Um, And I think it's probably good news to hear it. There is times and like we're able to tap into that, right? I know, you know, meditation and breathwork and yoga have helped me. Of course, I'm not perfect. There's still those times I react, but I find I'm able to have a bit more of a pause and change my, you know, response or direct it in a way that's going to be more, I think, beneficial for all parties involved. So I love that, you know, people are learning this term and realizing this is um, a possibility right to experience that yeah and as you say I mean I I think to be human is to falter and to hold ourselves in compassion when we do I think the more often we catch ourselves acting from a place perhaps of reactivity or absence of consciousness that in in and of itself can bring us back into awareness so that's okay. It's okay to falter. And then it's okay to, and then we catch ourselves. And that is a sign, I think, of, of personal evolution. 
so true. Yeah. And try to, you know, explain to Stuart, I'm like, sorry, I reacted there. I'm try, I'll try harder next time, or I'm going to respond differently next time. I'm going to take a few breaths. So, and hopefully he's learning, learning that from me. Um, so I love the journey that you, that got you to becoming a breathwork guide for our listeners. Some probably do some breathwork and guided meditation and yoga. Others may not. Um, for some listeners, they might be like, I'm breathing all the time. Like, what's all this about, you know, proper breathing or intentional breathing? Like, what are the benefits? Why do we want to to focus on our breath in an, an intentional way? Mm-hmm. That's, that's a beautiful question. And yes, thank goodness, we are breathing all the time. <laughs> um, you know, I, it's um. So I think it, you raise a wonderful point. There, there definitely is a distinction distinction between breath work and consciously shaping our breathing. Uh, as you mentioned on the other ship app, there's different breath work styles to achieve different goals or states. Counter to that, or you know, alongside that is healthy breathing. So healthy breathing. Um, specifically, ideally, we're breathing through our nose. Um, we try, unless it's intentional in the context of an upregulating breath work, we try to breathe uh, not through our mouth, um, with our mouth closed, through our nose. And we're looking to have, on the inhale, we're looking to have our diaphragm expand. So let that belly loose. You know, so many of the mamas that I've worked with are so used to this concept, which is a chat for all of of their time, but this idea of sucking in the belly, we actually want to let it loose. We should be able to expand our belly as we inhale and then let it gently contract and lower as we exhale again through our nose. So that is the cadence of healthy breathing. Um, Breath work, as you mentioned earlier, is an umbrella term. It's like fitness, but in the realm of breath, where there's lots of different breath work styles. But what they all share is um, a conscious design of a particular rhythm or variety of rhythms and cadences over a period of time the breathwork journey or session to achieve a specific state shift. So it could be, as you alluded to, Lisa, it could be gaining energy. It could be to gain insight, uh, to release grief, to downregulate and find calm. Each of these goals um, will then drive a different breathwork journey. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to explain it. Like the term under fit, like fitness as an umbrella term. And there's so many different styles depending on what you need or what you want to get out of that, out of that. So I love that. And then, yeah, we do hold as females stereotypically our bellies. in. do you think like, I think children are innately born to breathe into their diaphragm. You see the belly breathing. Like, why do you think we lost the, I guess, what would it be like lost the understanding of how to breathe healthily properly to regulate our nervous system Mm -hmm. that's such a beautiful question and I think it's truly you know I think a really deep answer and a nuanced answer is actually given in James Nestor's book Breathe Um, uh, you know some of the things that I've noticed from my own clients is Any who are former dancers, athletes, gymnasts, they actually engage, myself included as a former ballet dancer, 
they actually engage in something called paradoxical breathing where the diaphragm contracts on the inhale and expands on the exhale. And I think it's part of training within those particular sports. Um, others, I think in many cases, you know, it's just also perhaps the nature of living again in modern society where we, whether we're aware of it or not, we're under this chronic stress that can get then engage uh, more of a contraction of the diaphragm and also encourage us to do more chest breathing, um, which is upregulating. And so um, I think it's, you know, cultural, societal, the rhythms of life, all of these may play a role. In as you say, that sort of loss, perhaps, or yeah, that that absence of attunement to healthy breathing. Sorry, yeah, it can be gained. It can be trained. You know, I've trained myself out of being a paradoxical breather myself. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I didn't realize in those sports and in ballet there was that that paradoxical breathing going on. So that's fascinating and then I I find yes yeah, so many of us are hunched over too so we can't maximize our lung capacity. We're juggling too many things. So yeah, like you mentioned it's multifactorial for why we've kind of lost that ability to tap into the breath work that we need, but hence here you are, here are all these great apps out there. There's lots of ways to retrain. It's never too late. So I love hearing that. And you touched on the benefits of breathing. And, you know, there's different styles depending on what you desire, whether it's to settle down and go to sleep or energize or, you know, get ready for the day. Can you touch on any other benefits that you want to share from um, doing breath work? And then does how does it influence our hormones? Because you mentioned you have that breath work session on the other ship app based on the hormones and the menstrual cycle. Yeah, sure. So uh, the benefits are truly astounding. I think what's interesting uh, just in terms of general benefits is, you know, we try um, because language is what it is. We try to delineate benefits in terms of physical, spiritual, mental. I think the best way to experience the benefits, given that we are holistic beings, is to experience a breathwork session because um it's so profoundly effective and experienced after just one session. Um, and and now it's fantastic because we see, as is often the case, but we see Western medicine and science catching up to ancient technologies like breathwork. So we see that, you know, Andrew Huberman's lab has now proven the uh, anxiety reducing impact of a very specific style of breath work um, in just five minutes a day. If we take two inhales, rapid inhales, and then an extended exhale through the mouth for five minutes, it will reduce our cortisol levels. So powerful. Yeah, I love the Huberman Lab. It's amazing um, what they're doing and the information they're putting out. So that's a good exercise for our listeners to try, right? So you said, can you repeat the the session, how you would do that? Sure, absolutely. And I'm happy to share the link to, to the podcast where he talks about that too. So it's Great. two inhales, rapid inhales through the nose, and then an exhale through the mouth. 
And if breathwork is new to you and perhaps, you know, an hour long journey is something you're curious about, but you really want to see what the immediate benefits are, just setting a timer for five minutes and engaging in that style. So That's great. Yeah. And that's so powerful Uh that it can lower the cortisol just within five minutes. So you don't need, you know, an hour, two hours to sit every day. If you just have that practice that has that intentionality, you're going to get the benefits in a short amount of time. I love that. And I love how that for me has connected to um, my perimenopausal journey, because I mean, you would know much better than I do, but I believe that cortisol steals progesterone. Right. Yeah. You can, if you're making cortisol, you can't make as much progesterone. And yeah, as our female hormones decline, then whatever cortisol we have is more dominant. Right. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so for me, a big focus has been in this uh, perimenopausal journey is how can I continue to lower my cortisol levels Um, uh, you know, it's not necessarily doable to go on spa days or retreats. How can I build in these cortisol lowering practices within my daily life? Mm -hmm. Um, I need all the progesterone I can get. (laughs) (laughs) We all do, Maya. That's right. Right? (laughs) Who doesn't want that chill out hormone, right? We feel really relaxed. We have good sleep. So you're tapping into um, supporting its natural effect in the body. So I love that so much. Um, So looking at, yeah, the hormonal influences, we know the breath work can reduce the cortisol. So that can benefit, um, you know, the progesterone levels. um, So that's amazing. And for you, what is your breathwork practice like? Like, do you do some breathwork kind of morning and bedtime or does it depend on kind of how you're feeling that day? Yeah, so absolutely. I um, So self-guided breathwork before bed is part of my evening ritual. Um, and I do a down-regulating breathwork. So, you know, just to demystify what we mean by down-regulating I'll engage in about 35 to 40 minutes of inhaling for a count of four, then exhaling for a count of eight, inhaling for a count of six, exhaling for a count of 12. And I'll just intuitively continue to increase that pattern. Um, It doesn't really matter what the inhale, exhale is if you're newer to the practice, as long as the exhale is longer than the inhale, then over a period of time, you'll activate your parasympathetic nervous system, which is the system of rest and repair. Mm-hmm. And I, throughout the day, I try to tap in to, um, to the awareness of my breath. Am I breathing? You know, catching myself. I often find that I'm now... Um, sort of intuitively breathing uh, for a cadence of four and an exhale for eight. And then occasionally I'll, with Dylan, we'll engage in sort of upregulating breathing to start our day and energize ourselves as we get ready for the day. 
Mm -hmm. So yeah, you use kind of as needed, you have some set times where you incorporate the practice. So it can be even when I'm talking to some of my patients, I say yeah, even you know, if you're waiting in the car for your kids to come out from school, that's a good time to do some breath work, you know, transitionary periods, maybe right before you go pick them up, you take, you know, five minutes to do some breath work just to reset your system. So it's yeah, you can bring it anywhere with you, which is the beauty of it and do it um, at any time of the day. So I love that. Um, and then with our kids, so I'm curious, like I've tried to introduce breathwork to Stuart and we used to have more of a formal bedtime meditation practice, but then he would get distracted. But we do, you know, if we have a, a bit of a challenging morning and we were rushed as we're walking to school, I'll say, okay, I need a few breaths. Let's take five slow breaths together. And we try to incorporate oh, some breathwork in the day, but like, how can we introduce it to our kids and keep them kind of engaged and, and doing it regularly? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's a, it's a beautiful question. And I always try to come back to, um, because I get this question a lot, I try to come back to two, two things first. You know, I think whether they're coming alongside or not, our kids are watching us all the time. So, and they're picking up from the way we um, move through the world, you know, our level of regulation. Um, so I think, you know, starting always by modeling, as you've alluded to um, throughout the podcast, you know, modeling breathwork as a practice, um, making it obvious when we are tuning into our breathwork by saying, you know, oh, mommy, just like you said, Lisa, mommy's going to take, sit and take a couple deep breaths because I feel that my mind is buzzing like a bee and I want to come back to my body. Mm-hmm. And I think if we start to bring it into our day in a very overt way that is not pressured, they're more likely to come alongside. And I think consistency is key. Definitely. The other thing is I find is joy. So often parents will reach out and say, you know, my, my kiddo is experiencing terrible anxiety. How can we bring breathwork in to help them find a sense of calm? And I think the key is to actually build breathwork in as a family practice in a really joyful way when things are happy, when things are harmonious so that it's a tool that they can they're more easily draw on during those times that are tricky. Mm-hmm. That's a great way to do it when things are good to actually practicing it together and the modeling. Sometimes I'm doing breath work in the morning and Stuart will come down and sometimes he joins in. Sometimes he just watches me. But <laughs> um, yeah, like, yeah, the modeling is a really good way to get our kids to incorporate it. So all great suggestions there. Thank you. You're so welcome. And is there anything else you wanted to share with our listeners about breath work? Oh, I just thought it it really is powerful medicine. It's free, you know, it's it's under our noses. And um, there are some wonderful specific children's exercises that I am happy to share uh, via some links with you afterwards. If sure. you think that would be helpful. 
Yeah, we'll post those. Definitely. It's great that they're starting to teach them in school about breath work, like the five finger breath and the yes. where you put the teddy bear on the tummy and they want the teddy bear to rise and fall with their breath. So a lot of good visuals for them. So we'll definitely link to your um, recommendations for that as well. So thank you. Um, and then how can people connect with you, work with you? Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. They're welcome to reach out through um, through Instagram if they're on Instagram at Breathing with Maya, um, through DMs or a booking link that's there. If people prefer email, you're you're more than welcome to share my email as well. I'm happy to answer any questions. Um, at this point, I'm really steeped in our homeschooling journey, so I'm only taking a handful of sessions uh, a month. But I'm I'm certainly very open to supporting moms and kids. Great. So we'll definitely link to that. And thank you for that valuable information. It's so practical, so practical, and we can start incorporating it right away. So I think this is so, so beneficial for our mamas to hear. So we'll um, post all the links as well in your contact info. So now we'll move to the second part of the podcast. We're going to share, first of all, our super mom moment. So I can go first if you need a moment to think about it. But um so my super mom moment is actually just planning fun. I, you know, we had a date night last weekend. We got a Wonderland pass. We went to Splashworks yesterday. I'm booking some friend get togethers. And then I'm going to be going to the Sunrise Social. I believe you are as well, Maya, next weekend. Um, I am, yes. I'm looking forward to that. So it's just so nice to plan a lot of these um, events and activities and just enjoying the beautiful weather. So that's my super mom moment. Um, And Maya, what's yours? Oh, those are amazing. You've given me some great ideas. Thank you. (laughs) You No problem. Um, Yeah. So I think, I think my super mom moment is I love to smuggle magic into like small moments throughout the day. You know, I think that mundane moments can actually be, well, seemingly mundane moments can actually be truly connecting and profound. And, you know, through our homeschooling journey, my son's really gotten into cooking. So we've started the HelloFresh um, delivery program and he's really taken on the role of being an apprentice. And I think now that he's almost nine, this idea of him being an apprentice to build competence in these daily moments, like chopping up vegetables or helping me garden, I think that's been really nourishing for both of us. And it, it definitely makes me feel like a super mom. Amazing. <laughs> it's, so, it's so connected, you know, it's so connected and it's building independence, but it's it's authentic and it's magic. It feels magical to me. So I think that's, that's what's been coming up for me lately. That, that's a good reminder for all of us to hear. Cause yeah, we, you know, we do the same thing day in and day out in terms of chores, right? Washing the dishes, making dinner, doing um, the chores, cleaning the house. So fi- making it magical in those moments. Um, that's amazing. So thank you. That's definitely a super mom moment. And I know we're both doing the best that we can, but we'll share a mess up. And mine's actually related to gardening. I've kind of let it go. 
I got to get out there and water. I did some weeding about a week ago, but it's gotten to a state where it needs a little bit of TLC because we've been out having fun. Once I'm in the garden, it's fun, but I have this like hurdle of just getting out and doing it. I don't know why, maybe because as a kid, it was like a chore and it was something I had to do. Um, but once I'm out there, I'm fine. So that's my mess up. I'm a little bit embarrassed about the garden, but <laughs> um, what's your uh, mama mess up? I know you're doing a great job, Maya, but can you think of one? Oh, yeah. Well, I was thinking, you know, first of all, Lisa, I think it's okay for gardens to take on the shape of their, you know, natural desire. I think there's something (laughs) beautiful in the messiness of that. And so that's always what I tell myself when we decide to grow dandelions and all of our neighbors are pruning their dandelions. I'm (laughs) helping the bees. So I'm going with it. Um, so I actually decided to ask Dylan what he thought my my mess up is. And it's actually, it made me laugh. He said, mom, your only mess up is you just do too much breath work. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, and I thought, well, isn't that, the, is, wouldn't that be the truth of how he experiences? I'm probably overdoing it. And so I think that was such a wonderful, humbling moment for me to be like, okay, chill out a little bit in terms of how often I try to engage him or encourage him to tune in with his breathing. And, um, and I, I had to laugh. I thought, well, that is fantastic. <laughs> That's a good mess up to have, honestly. <laughs> Um, you know, better than some other things. But yeah, great to get their insight. I'm going to ask Stuart for my next mama mess up. We'll see what it is. Probably, I don't know, not giving him enough screen time (laughs) will be the big one. (laughs) Um, But you're still doing, you're still doing a great job. So that's, I love that. That's great that you asked him. And then we'll share our mama must have. So my mama must haves right now are non-alcoholic drinks because I stopped drinking alcohol in March, 2021. Um, and I love the, I think you say Barbette. They have some really good sparkling drinks with like wild, mm. unique flavors. Like they have one with like blood orange and jalapeno, one with mm. lavender, cucumber and pineapple. They're so good. And they're just, I believe, naturally sweetened from the fruit juice. And sometimes I'll even dilute it with a bit of just like soda water or sparkling water. And I also like the sap sucker drinks. I'll do the same. That's with maple sap in them, not very much sugar, just through natural sources. I like their lime and grapefruit one. So those are nice to have as a as a mocktail when other people are engaging in beer and alcohol. Have you have you had those, Maya? Mm, those sound delicious. I would love to try them. No, really good. And what's your mama must have? Mm-hmm. So at the moment, um, and it's a surprising must have for me, but I am part of um, so it's the whoop which is a a sensor um, and a wristband sensor. And I'm part of a wonderful community um, of biohackers called Opscotch. And um, what we all have in common is in terms of tracking our vitals is we wear uh, the sensor called the WHOOP. Um, The WHOOP has given me some amazing insight in terms of my sleep and how much deep sleep I'm getting or not getting. And I've always been, for the last 20 years or so, I've been using my intuition to guide my um, my health explorations, whether it's supplementation, 
along with blood work, but supplementation or movement, I'm a big fan of developing a relationship with intuition. I was quite reluctant to get the whoop because I feel that it's important again to retain a sense of balance in relationship to data. And I have been just amazed by the quality of the data and how informative the data has been specifically around my sleep. Amazing. Yes. So for our listeners, it's W-H-O-O-P. Is that correct? How you spell it? Yeah. Yes. Yes. The whoop. Yeah. Yeah. I have the aura ring, but I've been, I've heard about the whoop. So um, I'll have to pick your brain on that another time, but it's amazing to see real life data and how different things we're doing or not doing can influence our heart rate variability, our sleep, et cetera. And even with our hormones. So that's a very valuable tool. I didn't know there was a biohacking community called Opscotch too. So I love that you're a part of that. Thank you. Yeah. It's been incredible. Amazing. Well, I love all the information you shared. We're definitely going to post everything in the show notes and I'd love to have you back on. You have a wealth of knowledge. So um, we'd love to have you as a repeat guest down the road. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today. You can email us or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. We'd love you to subscribe, leave us a review and a five-star rating if you enjoyed this episode. And you can also support us by visiting our Patreon page page, please tell your perimenopausal mama friends about us too. So stay, stay safe and healthy, everybody until next time. And thanks, Maya. Thank you so much, Lisa. You're welcome. Bye. Bye.